Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Welcome, listeners, and let's get right into it with this exciting, popular topic, common question, when to add carbs back in on the keto journey. And if you don't have much time to listen, I'll give you a short answer. Never or whenever. Thank you for listening to the Keto Reset Podcast. Good luck with that. Or maybe we'll get into a little more detail. But one thing that concerns me out of the gate is this overly analytical approach to keto, to health goals of all kinds. I did a whole show on that, so please listen to that. And when it comes to this question, um, the nuances have been debated so frequently. There's so much content out there. It can really become too much information and give you sources of stress and anxiety. So I want to give you some talking points to consider some big ideas to consider, but realize that when you've made that, when you've hit that fork in the road, made that turn from carbohydrate dependency into fat adaptation, anything beyond that fork in the road, we really are just splitting hairs and we're doing so well in comparison to the tremendous negative momentum toward lifestyle-related diseases and dysfunction that come from carbohydrate dependency. So we just want to proceed on that bright path toward fat adaptation and use keto as a tool, a weapon in our arsenal to unleash in all kinds of different ways, different times, different durations, and obtain the highest level of metabolic benefits. But we want to get to that base level and then not sweat the details so much. So the first thing to consider, and I did a complete show on this topic, so please listen to that one, is you want to make it through one complete keto reset journey as a bucket list item for everyone. Very highly recommended to consider a complete keto reset journey once a year, perhaps in the wintertime when we're not supposed to uh, eat many carbs, we're not genetically hardwired to eat many carbs anyway. So you want to make it through that 21-day reset, that fine-tuning period, and that six-week stint of nutritional ketosis. So when we're talking about when to add carbs back in or cycle in and out, not during that six-week stint of nutritional ketosis. Ketosis is a weapon you can use over the long term in many, many different ways. I don't even know all these abbreviations, the cyclic ketogenic diet, the targeted ketogenic diet, the athletic ketogenic diet, the this, the that, the other thing. Okay, all kinds of fun stuff you can do, but you want to uh, attain that highest level of metabolic flexibility before you even consider fooling around with all the different strategies. Uh, So we got that down. We want to get to that six-week mark, and then let's say you've completed that you're feeling great, then you can decide to um, recalibrate your macronutrient ratios in assorted different ways, just like I've been doing for fun and experimentation over the past year after I completed my 140-day stint in nutritional ketosis as a foundational element of doing the book and doing the research for the book. Okay, so now that we've completed that keto reset we're highly metabolically efficient, highly metabolically flexible. What should we do about the carb question? First of all, we know that we're emphasizing uh, vegetables, produce, as the centerpiece of our diet, even in keto. We realize that 
um, as far as counting carbs and maintaining that 50 grams of gross carbohydrate intake, 20 grams if you're inactive, but maintaining those standards, we are giving a hall pass, a little bit of freedom to count net carbs in the case of avocados, leafy greens, and other high-fiber, above-ground vegetables. These are things like the cruciferous family, broccoli, cauliflower. So we're not really worried about the contribution, the carbohydrate contribution of those particular foods when we're striving to hit that 50 grams. But we do not want to get carried away with net carb calculations like so many people do, because what we see, especially in the keto scene now, the paleo scene, is we see a lot of manufactured packaged products that are touting a low net carbohydrate number due to their fiber content. And there is some big concern now, it's being validated by research, that some of these so-called fibers that are in these manufactured products actually convert to glucose when they're ingested. So net carbs are allowed only for the aforementioned. Then you should be in a pretty good groove eating abundant servings of varied vegetables and still staying tight to your keto goal. So when we're talking about adding back carbs on a show, um, we're not talking about going from one stock of broccoli to three because you should already uh, be enjoying three and any of the other ones from those families because it's so important for microbiome diversity. They are contributing a bit of carbohydrate to help you with your uh, minimum demands for your brain and so forth and not disturbing uh, ketone production in the liver because they don't stimulate an insulin response. So you're doing good on the vegetables, and now we're going to talk about the idea of adding back some additional carbs, and when we do so, we're talking exclusively and only about high nutrient value carbohydrates, and there is never any call, there's never any reason to consume simple processed carbohydrates. In fact, especially for the athletic types, the fitness enthusiasts, these foods can be even more damaging to you than someone who is not asking as much from their body in a fitness sense. I mean, a, 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 a caramel at, at Halloween or a candy corn is not good for anybody. But if you're trying to recover from high-performance fitness activities and you're ingesting these simple carbohydrates in the name of recovery or in the name of getting your hall pass because you burned so many calories that morning, what's going to happen is you're creating inflammation and oxidative stress in the body by consuming these refined sugars and refined grain products. They're causing an insulin spike, which is inflammatory. The oxidative stress of burning glucose is well known. We discussed this in detail in the book, but you're producing free radicals and you're trying to recover from exercise by slamming your system with these high carbohydrate meals and it doesn't contribute to anything. There's no nutritional value in these carbohydrates either. So no matter what, no matter how many miles you just pedaled, there is no call to ever consume simple carbohydrates, especially as a fitness enthusiast, athletic type. So when we're talking about what carbs to add in, we're talking about the family of high nutrient value carbs. Sweet potatoes is a very popular one. Wild rice and quinoa are also on that list of high nutrient value carbs. And then, of course, uh, fresh seasonal fruits 
uh, and perhaps other fruits. If you live in a uh, fruit-challenged climate and you're considering adding carbohydrates, of course, fruit has that incredible nutritional value and high antioxidant value. But also something interesting to note about fruit is that it's a very lipogenic form of carbohydrate. That means it's uh, more likely to be converted into fat than even other forms of carbohydrate. That's because fructose, the prominent sugar in fruit, needs to be processed in the liver first, converted into something that you can burn in the form of glucose, as opposed to other forms of carbohydrate that you can ingest and burn immediately. So because fruit is processed in the liver, it's really great for restocking depleted glycogen levels if you're an athlete and you're trying to recover, or if you have too much glucose already, it's really easily converted into triglycerides because the liver is where we convert excess ingested glucose into triglyceride. So fruit can be a great recovery tool for an athlete, or it can be the most fat-forming type of carbohydrate. Good to know, especially if you're coming from Weight Watchers world, Welcome listeners coming over from that channel where they give fruit a zero point score until you can chow apples and cherries all day while you're losing weight. And it's simply unfounded. It's going to be a big difference from even consuming other forms of carbohydrate. So fruit's a great choice. If you're looking to get additional carbohydrate, get high nutritional value, but I think we have to come to that fork in the road now at this point in the show and this point in life and ask yourself that important question, are you interested in reducing excess body fat or not? And if you're at your ideal body composition, you have a whole different uh, set of decision-making patterns when you're talking about when and how and how much excess or additional carbohydrates to throw into your diet. If you're trying to lose excess body fat, the most direct path is always to minimize carbohydrate intake, minimize insulin production, and allow stored body fat to be burned for energy when you create that caloric deficit after you're highly fat and keto adapted, then you dial back your fat intake and afford quick, rapid, efficient weight loss. So again, just as a little bit of an aside, when it's time to lose weight, we don't even think about losing excess body fat until we're completely done with that keto reset journey. We've put in our time, we've put in the hard work, as they say with Kobe Bryant, and you got to that six-week point, you've been in keto for a while, you're eating plenty of fat to satisfy yourself so you have no risk of backsliding into carbohydrate intake, then and only then you can go, okay, I am so fat and keto adapted that I'm going to get my next meal, as Mark Sisson says, off my butt or off my thighs instead of off my plate. So you can trade in the morning omelet or the evening steak and vegetable dinner for a stint of fasting and tapping into your fat stores. Your body doesn't know the difference. It's so good at burning fat. It says, sure, I'll take some off your storage areas and get you back down to ideal body composition very quickly and easily once you're fat and keto adapted. So we want to get that deal handled. We don't want listeners here going on and on with this channel, listening to a podcast every week, and still struggling with excess body fat. There's simply no reason that should happen if you can complete the keto reset journey successfully and then land in the promised land of a high level of metabolic flexibility. So when we're talking about the role of carbs, let's first get the excess body fat issue handled 
and then go into strategic reintroduction of carbohydrates, possibly around workouts to facilitate recovery, and possibly because you love these foods and you want to enjoy your life, uh, and so forth. Now, you might be shaking your head, getting a little bit of frustration going with the host here when I'm being so flippant about that uh, easy goal of reducing excess body fat. And we also know that it can be a struggle. We hear from a lot of females especially saying that it ain't that easy to just cut carbs out of my diet, magically drop excess body fat, and sail along and send in pictures of six-packs for the success stories at Mark's Daily Apple. And as a matter of fact, if you go through, you see that the men tell these more emphatic, simple, straight-line stories where they cut carbs and look at me six weeks later, and now look at me 12 weeks later, and they look like Mr. Body Contest with the washboard abs. A little bit of a different story because female genetics are calibrated to uh, hold on to body fat in the interest of reproductive fitness. That's what's going on at the genetic level, first and foremost. And sometimes there's complaints that uh, they're not succeeding very well with that extreme carbohydrate restriction. They have weight loss plateaus and stalls. And there's even some talk about a strategic reintroduction of carbohydrates to facilitate weight loss. Uh, As Dr. Lindsay Taylor says often on our shows, the science is so new that we don't really know the answer. We have prominent figures like Leanne Vogel giving an emphatic presentation at KetoCon saying that adding back carbs, these carb ups that she describes in her book, uh, can have this whoosh effect, W-H-O-O-S-H, where you flood your system with carbs, you have that water retention that occurs because um, three grams of water bind with each gram of glycogen that you're storing in your body. And then when you go back to keto after one of these carb ups, you get this amazing sensation that the fat is whooshing out of your body. Um, We could get some scientists on here to probably counter that entire idea, but then we get a bunch of followers saying, hey, it works for me, and that's a very profound uh, argument that maybe there's something to it, and maybe it could be something worth experimenting with, that is adding strategically back Uh, the high-nutrient value carbohydrates that we mentioned, sweet potatoes, wild rice, quinoa, extra fruit, and let's add to that list extra servings of nuts, seeds, and their derivative butters. There's also some carbohydrate contribution from things like Greek yogurt, even the full-fat style. Uh, Coconut milk has a bit of carbs. Almond milk has a bit of carbs if you're making your smoothies. And of course, uh, my favorite way to increase carbohydrate intake is just eating more of that 85 to 90% dark chocolate, which is pretty minimal in carbs, but when you eat the level of dark chocolate I do, I can get my carb count up there pretty well. Um, This is the part where I don't want to get into a dogmatic presentation about how to do this uh, in order to lose weight, and it's something that you can experiment with yourself. However, I want to back up a few steps and put the idea out there that this default over to carbs when things aren't working might be an ill-advised, short-sighted approach. And I'm going to argue strongly to cover all the other bases first before you think that an easy solution is to throw down more sweet potatoes and everything will write that's not feeling right when you're trying for keto. So we got to look at those um, sodium, magnesium, potassium balance. 
the need to increase intake of all three of those agents and general electrolytes and minerals because you are retaining less fluid in cells throughout your body when you go keto. So the common recommendations, uh, adding five grams of high quality like Himalayan pink salt to your diet in a strategic manner as you make these keto efforts, um, 400 milligram uh, uh, magnesium, which is a common form of supplement. It's a common dosage, so you can get a good quality magnesium supplement and make sure you take one of those. And then the potassium, oh my goodness, the avocado is the king with 1,000 milligrams, many times higher than a banana and making sure that you get those high potassium foods and make that effort to get those electrolytes right and your hydration right so that you don't experience fatigue or malaise or stalled body fat progress due to a mistake like that. Secondly, the sleep, so critical to uh, fat adaptation, fat metabolism, reducing excess body fat, avoiding carbohydrate cravings, avoiding the spike of the prominent hunger hormone ghrelin, avoiding the dysregulation of the prominent satiety and fat storage hormone leptin. If you compromise sleep, you are going to store fat and or not be able to burn it off. Simple as that. So sleeping more may be the most direct path to reducing excess body fat as opposed to uh, measuring little carbohydrate dosages and trying to game the system with some little trick, uh, the fat coffee in the morning, and all kinds of things that people are touting as weight loss techniques seems a little bit ridiculous to me when you're not taking care of the big picture items. And finally, in that big picture category is the chronic exercise patterns. So believe it or not, if you burn too many calories in an indiscriminate manner exercising, you are going to push yourself toward carbohydrate dependency rather than fat adaptation and reducing excess body fat. Yes, you can burn too many calories, expend too much energy in exercise, waking up the next day and doing it again and waking up the next day and doing it again and getting locked into a chronic pattern which promotes carbohydrate dependency, it promotes sugar cravings, and even if you're a crazy high-motivated type A person that's doing the chronic exercise and adhering to a keto-aligned diet, this is the one-two punch whammy. We talked about this a little bit in the book where you can really mess yourself up. You can tweak your hormones out and you can plunge into darkness of all kinds of health problems as a component of your extreme devotion to healthy eating, quote unquote, healthy eating and devoted exercise patterns. It's simply too much stress for the body. Uh, in Dr. my interview with Dr. D'Agostino, he talked about this. He sees this commonly in females. Sorry to pick on the females, but they're just doggedly adhering to macronutrient ratios, desperate to lose excess body fat, pushing themselves too hard through exercise. And what happens under those circumstances is your genetic hardwired instinct to save your life, to survive, to not drive yourself to exhaustion, collapse, and die. So what you're going to be seeing is increased fatigue, increased body fat storage. All these are survival mechanisms. Makes perfect sense if you think about in primal times what we need to do to survive those long, difficult winters of uh, you know a lot of physical demand and not enough calories. We're going to slow down our metabolic function. We're going to be lazy, sluggish. We're going to be 
prompted to consume more calories than we need and store those calories as fat. That's the regulatory role of leptin. That's why it's so important. Dr. Ron Rosedale talking about it so much. We do not want to mess with these hormones. Whew, I know, man, I'm going, I'm going at you here big time, but let's make sure we get those big picture things handles before we even consider these magic strategies to tweak carbohydrates. And then when the smoke clears, now what? What are some pointed <laughs> takeaway advice is to do what you feel like. Enjoy your life. If you see some sweet potato fries offered up at the movie theater where they serve food and show the movie, oh my gosh, go for it. Enjoy the heck out of it with full intention and mindfulness and awareness of how delicious a properly prepared sweet potato fry is or whatever other stuff you like. If you want another two squares of chocolate and then another four after that to make an even six. And oh yeah, what about the other four you ate before you listened to the show? Is that 12? No, that's 10. Oh, that's a whole bar. Who cares, man? Enjoy your life and eat each one of those with full enjoyment, intention, and awareness. Uh, put the notepad away where you're counting your carbs and trying to stay under 50. Get up the next day. Hey, fast in the morning instead of eat breakfast, hone your metabolic flexibility. When you get really good, push the limits of your metabolic flexibility with fasted workouts and fun stuff like that that will facilitate rapid reduction of excess body fat and it will be smooth sailing. But you got to get through the mud. You got to wade through the mistakes and the insecurities and the adverse emotionally driven behaviors that are going to send you into tailspins like overeating as a consequence of overly stressful lifestyle habits. We're going to put that show at like half speed so you can really absorb everything I said because I slammed it out there so hard. And if you're a one and a half speed listener to podcasts, Oh my gosh, good luck with that because I think that was talked at one and a half speed and I promise you I didn't have it on one and a half speed. I was talking normally. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I hope you have great success with adding back carbs in a relaxed and enjoyable manner. And again, stay away from the junk food no matter what. You'll have a long, happy, healthy life. This is your host, Brad Kearns for the Keto Reset Podcast. Have a great day. Hi, it's Brad Kearns to tell you about Paleo Cooking Bootcamp. Oh, what fun. Finally, you have a chance to learn from a real professional about intentional cooking, where you maximize the efficiency of your time, dedicate two hours on the weekend to cooking, and Chef Katie French, the earthivore, will take you through this incredible whirlwind cooking session where you cook enough in two hours to have ready-made delicious paleo approved meals for the entire week paleocookingbootcamp.com this is a digital version of her award-winning course that was given to students live in the bay area and now wherever you are whatever you're doing you can have a step-by-step approach that makes it easy to succeed in the kitchen even if you're not a big foodie even if you're a little intimidated about doing recipes just push the play button and Katie will take you through the cooking course. It's a two-hour boot camp every weekend designed to last for a month and you will be dying 
wild with your paleo meals. Just open up that refrigerator door. Imagine having all these delicious snacks and breakfast items, dinner entrees, dessert treats even. And let me tell you, I was on the set watching this whole production. It is the real deal. The food is absolutely amazing, and you will be surprised what you can accomplish in the kitchen with an intentional cooking method. There's no other course like this found in the world. We looked, believe me. So check out paleocookingbootcamp.com and enroll today. 